Hello, beautiful souls. This is Sean Beaver here with the Unbeaten Pathway Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. Thank you for joining us. We have Cameron here with us today. He's an Instagram marketer from Pennsylvania. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, we talked a little bit before, so I already know how your night's going. Um, <laughs> how, how have things been with you? I haven't, I haven't spoke to you in a while before this. Yeah, it's it has been a wild ride. I've spent a little time in the hospital last last week. My my wife and family. Uh, you know, my parents, her parents, brothers and sisters, all worried, just worried about me, about how my life's going, about things, how how I'm not sticking to the script of everyone else, how I'm not staying hypnotized by the world, and uh, they just perceive it as a prop. Well, I was acting out against that uh, subconsciously, and it made me drive even harder and faster and it it did get me on uh, sort of a manic pace and uh, it was what it was what was needed it, exactly what was needed was listen to my my wife go spend some time in the hospital I learned a lot while I was in there I helped a lot helped helped a ton of people and uh, I tried to tried to help the even the people that were working there. But uh, now I'm on the other side of it. Everything's perfect. Uh, I'm fighting that medication they put me on. You know, every, it's only temporary. I know at the end of every, every scenario is always the best case. Right, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, sir. Now, whenever you say that you were hypnotized by the outside world and you say that they perceived you as, you know, having these manic episodes. Um, how did you perceive it? I perceived it as I was the only one that actually knew. What understood? Was like understood? Yes, un understood. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, I still feel that way. I'm just not manic about it. I'm not forceful. I've learned dynamics and tempo. Right, because um, would you say it was still, you were on the manic path, but uh, not like a fully paranoid manic psychosis? Or would it's, you say? Yes. You're, you're, were you on you the brink of it? On the head. Yeah, I was, I was on the path towards it and if I if I if I would have kept it up I would have been in a full-blown manic episode but I mean the, the they saw exactly how fast I can pull myself out of it with meditation with 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 teaching with learning studying keeping myself immersed in everything at once it helps my mental health well anything you can do to not focus on the bad things and there's a there's also this 
I understand they want you to get help and wanted you to get help and you're acknowledging it yourself. You were on the brink of these uh, manic episodes, but mm -hmm. there's still a stigma with mental health. You know, people think that you're just crazy for life. You can't ever get better. And um, I usually ask people what they have to say back to that because a lot of people don't get to put their, their voice up. Unfortunately, a lot of people, um, take their life or just don't speak out about anything. And I'm just kind of wondering what you would say to the people that think you're forever crazy. You're stuck like this. You know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You're not forever crazy. Uh, there's, there's no, what is crazy though? Yeah, exactly. The, the 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 thing that I that popped into my head while I was in the hospital waiting waiting for their assessment to be completed to see w whether or not I needed to go home or be admitted. I the, the what the quote that popped into my head was the ones the ones who could hear the music were called crazy by the one no the one no, yeah something. The ones who could hear the music were perceived as crazy to the ones who couldn't. Something to that effect. And that's exactly what was going on. I knew, I still know, that I was hitting the nail right on the head. I may have been extremely forceful because of the the, the momentum that I had built from, from working on 10 Instagram accounts, trying to build up 10 10, 10 Instagram accounts and uh, working on the podcast, working on uh, just building up different different avenues to make money unconventionally. Well, a tip I would have for you is to, um, for Instagram, focus on your main account, build that up, and then use that to build these other smaller accounts. Mm -hmm. so that you're not jumbling all at once you know yes. you can use your already following and then these smaller pages get the even more loyal followers that trickle yes. down from from your main account so so you really have the loyal the loyalist of the loyal um yes followers on very very sage accounts. advice sage advice from someone that has definitely studied it <laughs> where i've lacked the knowledge I just think that would be good for you because, you know, jumbling on jumbling all of these accounts at once is yeah. definitely going to be hard to grow all at once. Not that it's impossible, but sure. in order to maximize your time, you can, you know, maybe with the time you save putting in all the effort to these other accounts at one time, you can split the time evenly between account um instagram account rather and maybe working on the podcast setting up something yes. else like a like a youtube you said you already have a youtube but uh you know setting up that youtube and just you know, really it's about maximizing the right. time you have to work on what you want to work on yes and i'm about. right and i'm building also uh, 
building on my daughter's dreams of having their YouTube channel. So that's going to be part of, you know, under the Unbeaten Pathway YouTube umbrella. It's going to be my daughter's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, one for our complete family. We're going to be a family of spiritual influencers for this new age. Now, are you going to have a separate single account or are you going to do that and that be the sole YouTube? Or are you going to make like a a main account that's, you know, you can post the podcast on and stuff. And then as a side account, you know, have or a second account rather have, you know, one with your family. Yeah, that's something to ponder. Um I think that might be the way to go because I like to, you know, use a cuss word here and there. And I don't want that to influence kids. Um, yeah. And you, you should in, in order to, to make it as authentic as possible, you know, not, not you should, I shouldn't say you should, but, Having that account gives you a bit more freedom to talk about things openly that might not fit in with the more family-oriented channel. Right. Things that uh, confuse children. Right. And mm-hmm. now, do you plan on, how do you plan on marketing these, um, just Instagram? Or are you, you going to vet, uh, be more flexible with it, you know, go into TikTok, into um, Twitter, Instagram. It's funny. It's all working together. I've started Twitter and and uh, Twitter and um, TikTok. TikTok, I've, I've started my TikTok presence. My Twitter presence has been going on since, since the, the beginning of last year. Uh, and they all build up on each other. It's, it's, free advertising it's free advertising that's right and you can with paid advertising you can do you can really get it out there but if you if you're working on all this and you already have a loyal follower base on instagram even with that one account then you can send those followers who are already interested in your instagram content and send them over to youtube where they can see um, a more in-depth because you're you're trying to be an influencer so a so a more in-depth uh, side of you really yes and you can do that you know like I said mm-hmm. so those loyal followers from Instagram then convert to loyal followers on or loyal subscribers on YouTube so just to have that loyal following is, is very important on top of what comes from that. But if you can build a, a loyal fan base, then, you know, you have monetization options like getting your YouTube monetized, for example, and getting, you know, you could, you, you said you have a Patreon, you could set something up like that. Even it's just like, one dollar a month if if a thousand people subscribe to your patreon that's a thousand dollars a month right 
that then, doesn't have to be ten dollars a month, fifteen, you, right? Like, and still provide. You still have to provide that useful, free knowledge, free content, free content rather, um, and just as much free content as you can, and then something for the paid just members. A little, little bonus, yeah, yeah, just a little bonus, like. It's not like it'd be a different you. Just be Discord a, server, a Discord server with a certain time that I'll be in there to chat. Right, things like that. Yeah. There's a. I also have a medium, medium account which has uh, some of my stories. Uh, the the main story which I haven't finished writing because it's not you know my life is, isn't over yet. I'm only thirty nine, but. Uh, it's uh, the first part of it is called Satan. Satan is real is the name of the title of my biography, and it's on Medium. And it it delves into the beginning of my um, my wreck uh, when I was eighteen, my near death experience, and the problems. The, the beginning of my <laughs> my problems with uh, being perceived as bipolar. When I actually think with both sides of my brain, I, I, <laughs> I, that's the only the best way I can explain it. I I I think like someone who who has a completely open mind, and that's good. Being mm-hmm. o- being open minded allows you to hear much more than just what fits your narrative like we can we can move on to the topic of positivity and spirituality if if you would like yes because we talked about earlier how i'm not very spiritual right but um i try to spread positivity with my with my accounts or yeah and spreading that positivity makes me feel positive so i'm doing something good for myself and your spirituality makes you feel like you have something to continue each day for and that's always a good thing and just because i'm not spiritual and you are does not mean we can't coexist and that's 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 a big part of having an open mind that's exactly right and not 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 taking others' opinions on as something that you have to believe in, just coexist. But rather understanding, understanding well, their opinion and understanding their point of view, but still being yes. able to hear another side without clinging to whatever the narrative may be. Exactly. Yes. So I I, I have a note here that you two years ago. You were addicted to Xanax. Would you like to delve into that? Um, yeah. Uh, I know I, I, this it, has to do with the beginning of your journey to where you're at now. So I was just wanting to give the listeners a yes, little bit yes. of a background. Okay, so basically I, I don't feel as if I was addicted to Xanax per se, I was addicted to the to not feeling normal. Right. You know, so or normal, you know. 
in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I basically just went into school one day and my friend gave me a Xanax and told me it gets, you know, gets you high, like it's right. fun to it. So I did, and I didn't know that I would like it so much. And I, you know, started buying some here and there. Like really when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, mm-hmm. I didn't want to take the opioids. I just wanted to take a Xanax and sleep it away. And then for like a couple months after that, I, took some more Xanax and it just got a little bit worse. Not like, not like an intervention type addict you would see, but just like, you know, sleeping all day for like a couple, couple days, not sleeping a couple days at a time, but just like having a real weird sleep schedule, like sleeping during the day and then being on Xanax through the night. Yeah. Going the next day is a blur, and then it, you you can see how that would get that would be conflicting, you know. Yeah. And then one day, because it, it really wasn't long, it wasn't like I've, I'm a lifelong addict or anything. Right. Um, I thought to myself, I don't want to be a statistic. If I keep doing this, I'm just going to be a statistic. And literally, woke up one day and just threw everything away. Anything I had left, I threw it away. Like I had a couple Xanax and a couple, a couple, what was it? I was, I had a couple Tramadol that I was selling that I got Mm -hmm. from, I didn't even know what Tramadol was at the time. I just had it so I could sell it. So threw that away. And then I started, doing acid like a lot of acid instead of just going sober because i still wanted to you know have fun and then i did a little too much acid was tripping way too often um and i laid down one night to watch a movie the night after a trip and the movie looked exactly the same as it did when i was tripping so i figured oh i'm just having like a little afterglow residual effects it'll be fine by tomorrow well this went on for uh a couple couple months and i always at the time i have hppd and at the time it was making it a mental thing because i was scared of it but it is just my visual it's it's not a mental thing at all i just i was making it a mental thing so that made me feel like i was you know, going crazy for a little bit. And then when I realized that there's things I can do to cope with the, not hallucinations, but it's just like tracers and like um, sensory overloads from too much light and stuff. And I, that just made me, like it made me feel crazy and I would get panic attacks, real bad panic attacks from when I was just smoking weed. So then I stopped, stopped smoking weed for about a year and let myself just kind of uh, get back to a baseline and to where I was feeling good again. And then once I wasn't having like severe paranoia, not manic, it was just, it was just paranoid anxiety really about Mm -hmm. everything. Um, 
myself to try again and now I really only only smoke weed and that's probably once or twice a day. That's great, brother. That and I feel took a lot of a lot of willpower to get rid of those pills. I'm sorry for interrupting. Continue. Well, the thing is, it didn't even feel like you can die from Xanax withdrawals, and I didn't have any withdrawals. Like it hard for me like it's hard for other people like i've i've just stopped smoking cigarettes like like that i picked up vaping but never went back to the xanax not once i haven't even like taken one for because for example i'm taking a flight to vegas and it's my first time flying i thought about getting a xanax bar and breaking it in half and taking half of one for the flight and then i i thought like I don't even want to. I'll just deal with the anxiety. Yeah. My like I'll push through it. It'll it's my anxiety is not going to kill me. And it's not going to last. Have to figure out. Yeah, it's not going to last. Yeah. Definitely. And to be 20 years old and to realize that you're onto something, brother. I mean, I wish I knew that shit when I was 20. It's, I don't like to say that I'm, I'm special or anything, and that's not what I'm saying. I just, I don't feel like I relate with a lot of 20-year-olds. An old soul. Right now, like people my age, really, just, I, I mean, I do some, but like, it's it's not like the the same connection I feel whenever speaking to someone more uh, just with more life experience, really. It's all right. It's, it's, it's not anyone's fault. They don't have the life experience and I'd rather continue to learn from someone who's been through 20 more years of life than someone that's on the same journey as me, really. Yes. I, I feel that. It's very smart of you. I, I've, uh, you know, I always was drawn to speaking to older people because I could learn, especially the, you know, the <laughs> elderly, because they have been through so much. If you just slow down and take the time to let them know that you care, they will drop some knowledge on you. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that I don't. I just don't talk to anyone my age. If someone my age has, you know, a lot of knowledge about one thing, then I'll gladly talk to them and learn about that. But as for life experience, that's something they don't have. They, yeah, or they do, but they, it's impossible for them to have as much as even a 40 year old would, you know? Right. For sure. So I guess I'd consider myself an old soul, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. But I wouldn't want it to be any other way. <laughs> no, I don't I, I don't blame you. So you um after after the Xanax and there was some acid involved. You you touched on that, right? But you yeah. noticed synchronicities on the acid. Uh, 
I noticed synchronicities before acid. I just didn't know what they were. And then I was watching a video and someone explained it and it was it it kind of put what I was feeling into words and mm-hmm. it allows me to articulate it better whenever I tell people like I don't think I'm I don't think I'm psychic or anything. I don't think like any of that stuff, but I think that like I don't think I know synchronicities exist and it's I just I did notice them more after acid. That's mm-hmm. definitely true. Like and I don't know, like at first it would blow my mind and now it's just I like I see them so much that it's like another day, you know. Yeah. I like I don't even I don't even really bat an eye at them anymore. That, that didn't really make sense. I didn't, I, I don't, there's not too much thought that goes behind it, them anymore. Like whenever they happen, it's, I don't sit and think about it really because it, it just happens so often. I just continue to go on with my day. Yeah. You know what? Um, when I started seeing synchronicities more and more, I started looking it up. I didn't, I didn't cling to what, what I had looked up about the number before I looked it up and found what, what served me at that moment in time, the, like one of the first two search results, I would click on it and then, and then I would look and find something that fits just right for that. And, and then it, it started happening more and more and more to that whatever I would look up, it would fit. And, uh, you know, now that I've gotten into tarot, I, I still, I don't, I don't know the meanings behind the tarot cards, but I see how they were created because they were based, tarot cards were based on playing cards. Playing cards came first. Solitaire was the first game because you only had one person to play it with. All right. Tarot was based on solitaire because they saw that you could predict something inside of you was drawing you to divinate with the solitaire during the solitaire game. And see, I learned that intuited that while I was in the hospital. So the hospital visit was not a waste of time at all. Uh, but the, I digress. The, the solitaire, someone said, oh shit, I can trick people, make them think that I'm communing with spirits and telling their future. And right, and that's what I, that's what I think the cards are. Like, I, I think it's just another way to make money. It's it is, and that's why it does not make much money. <laughs> like the 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 divinity behind it was good, and it was used for evil to trick people, and that's why these people that <laughs> that act like they're tarot card readers and their spirits are guiding them. They do not get anywhere, but just keep tricking people. That's all they ever will. Yeah, and it 
it's just making naive people. You can get someone at a bad time in their life. They might, they might seek even a quote unquote psychic for help. And all that psychic does is read them these cards and give them a blanket statement that yeah. anyone can say. And it, it applies to really anyone at any time. And they take that as, as a message. From, yeah. A message. Yeah, from they, the, take it, they take it as gospel really like, as, like as if they, they found something and learned something themselves that uh they couldn't see before when really yeah. it was just uh it was a little blanket statement that right this like the statements themselves aren't that bad like they're kind of things that i post on my instagram just to uplift yeah. people but i'm not exactly. charging anyone money Mm-mm. because it's, it's not about the money it's about spreading positivity exactly and that's where they went wrong they didn't spread the positivity of saying, hey, look, if you play solitaire, you can learn how to divinate extremely well. And what I what I didn't mention to you the first time we spoke off the podcast was mm-hmm. that Manifest Miracles started as like a joke. Like I thought it was I thought it was funny that people believe things like that. Yeah tarot tarot however you say it cards uh-huh. i thought that was funny so at first it was like i can make money off these people so i started as that and then it became right. people were actually like it, it became these people are just smiling because of my post and that's cool to me mm-hmm. so it became if you noticed i switched to just an app that people could download for free so that you know people just had something to look forward to each day and didn't have to pay any money and could go through and just, if I can get a smile out of my post, that's all I want. And if I can, if I can make some income off a free app that somebody downloaded and I get two, $3 from each download, then who, who loses there? Because I made some money, someone smiled and someone downloaded an app, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know who wins? Mankind. No one loses and mankind wins from doing things like that. Helping out your fellow man. You're not trying to get anybody for money. You're not getting any money from these people. They're using their time, which they were wasting on social media, and they're they're looking at something that's going to give them a positive message that will lift their day, give them that smile, and you're yeah, because, you're making a little bit of money. Yeah, because at at the first like around the first rather around the first uh, month or so having it like the first week really I tried that like fake psychic stuff and then it like all hit me at once like I don't need mm-hmm. to do any of this because. Like I'm building a following, just just making my own little twist on things that are gonna have a positive impact on someone's day, or at least hopefully yeah. it will. That's exactly right. So you started the page to lift someone's day, um, 
started reels reels on Instagram to show quotes to people that, that don't follow don't follow you so that will spread it even further. Yeah, the the reels I can elaborate on that. The reels just um they're more likely to hit the explore page and really blow your page up fast. So that's kind of why the reels are there. And mm -hmm. they're just reposted reels from other ones, other people's things, but it, that that doesn't matter. Like it's still I'm still not just picking something that's like trying to get you to click a link in the bio or something. And now I do have other apps like that for, or other accounts like that rather. It's completely different that people click on and, you know, buy the product that right. I'm marketing that that's mm -hmm. different. This one is just like my, you know, uh, maybe thinking about like if, Instagram has more monetization options uh, down the road, like maybe a subscription plan, just making like one of those dollar subscriptions and maybe uh, just getting on there and saying some, just giving everybody a five minute, five minute motivational talk every day, motivational speech every day for a dollar or something like that. Just, yeah. It's something that people don't have to buy all the free contents on my page, but if you if they wanted to support, then I would direct them to that. Right. That's perfect. Uh, spreading joy, spreading positivity, giving someone something to look forward to tomorrow. Because originally... Originally, I almost stopped Manifest Miracles because I bought another account um, for another project I was working on. And this was like when I first learned about theme pages. And mm -hmm. I started it. And I was going to quit because I wasn't passionate about it. And then I got not inactive, but really posting a lot less. Mm-hmm. And then I got scammed out of another account for like five hundred dollars. So and that it was it was a what what can I say? It was my first time I got scammed. So after I get scammed, I realized, you know, people people were actually just happy when they see my post, or at least judging by their comments they are. So I right. thought this is pretty cool so I became a bit more passionate about the page than uh, before because I mean you could even look at the previous post how much or the like the the first post the first couple of weeks of posting and go the whole way down there and then you can look at what it is now because I put you know a little more effort into it and the name the name was actually changed. It was manifest underscore miracles or something like that. And then mm -hmm. I switched it over to this because I felt it looked a little bit better. You're not usually supposed to use um, periods in the middle just because it's like not as eye catching. It doesn't look as clean, but right. I decided to do it anyway. Yeah. Well, you wanted that 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 uh, name that's why the that's name is a, so simple because 
because it started as a joke like that. Right. Yeah. You know, when I came up with the name Unbeaten Pathway, I had no idea that it was a double entendre. It's uh, speaking of Unbeaten Pathway as don't follow the crowd, but also the neurological pathways in your mind. Because if we if we travel if we do the same thing all the time, they beat down these neurological ruts in your brain. So the neurons that fire together wire together is a Joe Dispenza quote. And it, it gets easier and easier to do the same thing day in and day out because of neurological pathways beaten down. And if you can hop over and create new ones by doing different things every day, constantly, it will be easier to change and get out of those neurological pathways and into unbeaten neurological pathways. And uh, I... I was led to that. I mean, it couldn't be more beautiful. Uh, I intuited it, uh, didn't know the double entendre, and uh, it dawned on me while I was uh, sweeping the floors at this, uh, my last job with <laughs> great, uh, a, a great use of my time for sure. Now, what job was that? It was the it, it was one where they I could see now they were trying to get me into uh, into a, a hypnotized state there they were they were trying to get me to sync up with one of the people that worked there like they tried to get me to to sync up with one of the people that worked there. So I would, uh, you know, they, they tried to see what I had in common. So I would fall into that, you know, I would be happy with that, those people and, and, you know, spend all of my time wanting to work for them and, and not try to dream my own dreams and just, just be there in that drab place all day with no hope. And I didn't let it do that to me. Uh, you know, they <laughs> it's just, it's too much to delve into all at once. But they, they the, the person that owns it, they use mind control techniques. Just like, you know, Disney World, they, they use mind control techniques for good. These people use mind control techniques for their own good. What do you mean Disney uses mind control techniques for good? Like immerse, they immerse you in in your senses in the parks. They use all of your senses to immerse you to make you feel like you're actually in a Disney movie. Oh, you're you're referring to Disney World. Yes, not not <laughs> the channel. Okay, that, right. that makes sense now. Yeah. So. This place is meant to immerse you in <laughs> in being stuck there. 
they want to give you just enough money to make you feel like they appreciate you. Well, I didn't go along with the racist asshole that kept trying to talk to me about black people and and Chinese people and all the hate he feels even towards Native Americans at his jealousy about Native Americans getting to be on fucking casinos where where <laughs> I mean he, he he's, want Native he's Americans in casinos he didn't or want them casinos. he didn't want them to own casinos because he he thinks that's not inclusive inclusive it's in in, in not inclusive right because it's for one people for one race but what he don't realize he wants it just for white people I bet but, he's also a hardcore American and doesn't even realize that we just, we're not oh, even, yeah. the Native American, they're called Native Americans for a reason. Yeah. Well, I told, you know, I didn't, I didn't blow up at him because I knew that I, you know, I need to, need to treat people like I want to be treated. So I just kindly asked him to stop talking to me about it. He, he persisted. He even, the next few days, or a week or two weeks, I don't know how long it was. He he kept trying to get me to do something stupid so I would lose my job. And uh the people, the the manager, he they they were all acting like they were on my side, you know, that he was doing wrong by being a racist and I you know, they were on my side, they were taking care of it through the EEOC and so I didn't have to report them and uh, they just all of a sudden called me into the office and uh, started blaming me for some bullshit that was just an accident caused by my anxiety and nothing more and uh, then they pulled up drudged up other things that you know were honest mistakes not my fault and uh, and said they were they were they were going to let me go, and I, I, you know, I had a chance to blow up there like I normally would in the past. I would have, uh, I would have let them know how I was feeling, but I didn't feel any certain way. I was actually happy to be free of that place. I, I, I looked down at the ground. I looked up. I said, I, I said, I know exactly what's going on. It doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. You know, I, I come to you about him causing problems, and then you fire me. I said, all right. I said, uh, you know, it's all right, because my life is going to be so much better without all these assholes that I have to work with. Now, what are you doing at that job? Yeah, uh, it's called doffing, which is uh, they, it's a, uh, it's a textile mill, and what I was doing was cutting the fabric, the the fabric roll free, taking the roll off of the, taking the roll down and then delivering it to shipping or finishing. It's it's not hard. It it you know the the fabric rolls can be heavy, but I started out slow and you know it, it was fine. And I could see myself working there until I retired. But I wasn't going to tell them that. 
I wasn't going to let them have the upper hand. I was acting like the, you know, I, <laughs> I was, I was just acting, acting, you know, I was just acting like I could had, take it or leave it because that's exactly how I feel. I wasn't attached to that job. I wasn't attached to it. If they wanted so you to, weren't acting. you weren't really acting. Right. <laughs> weren't really acting. Exactly. I'm not attached to anything. If I've learned anything from from studying the Buddha, non-attachment is the best state of mind. That's how I get over anxiety. That's how I get over fear. That's how I get over anger. Not attached to any specific outcome. Are you attached to specific people, like your kids and wife and... Yes, of course. But I know, I know that anything could happen. Anything, anything could happen in life. That means they could die today, right now. Will I let that rock me to my core? No. That's a hard one to think about. It is. But what good will it do? I I would mourn. Yes. But what good would it do to 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 get into a pit of despair that I can't get out of? That's for me things like that. That's on paper it sounds good, but that sound that it just sounds too hard for me to fathom. You know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one to think about. Yeah, for sure. I try not to think about it, really. But that's the way I used to do. Yep. I do get that's part of my loved ones are a lot have a lot to do with anxiety. You know. Mm -hmm just uh worrying about losing them yeah that's what that's exactly that's that's why i had to come to terms with anything can happen in any moment so you know whatever happens it happens it happens exactly we've got to move on we've got to come to terms with it deal with it and live life it's definitely I mean it sounds cold but it's not it's all from love it's it's love for for everyone love for myself love for my loved ones and love for the smallest insect. I mean, if all you have is love in your heart and intentions are pure, what could go wrong? Exactly. Now, let's go on to a later topic from here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Delta 8. Yes. Um, you promote it on your website. Um, 
do you feel it's helped you more or it's just kind of something you like to do? You know, there's nothing wrong with either answer, really. Yeah, I, I, what, what happened is I started to use Delta nine dabs and I, I, I got completely off of, of Delta nine flower, 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 exactly. And went, went to dabs and, uh, my mind was so much clearer from the Delta Nine. I, I was, yes, from the dabs instead of the smoke. The smoke, something it does something to me. Something about the smoke, and the dabs are cleaner. The vapor is cleaner, and uh, and so I I didn't want to go back to uh, flower Delta Nine flower. And uh, the person that I was getting the Delta Nine dabs off of, they couldn't get any more then, and I was tired of tired of waiting around on them. So I tried Delta Eight, and shit, I was blown away. Yeah, it was it, like it's like getting high off of uh, Delta Nine, except for it doesn't have the negative the the negative side effects. And yeah, it reminds it reminds me of of strong regular weed back in the day, Reggie they would call it, uh, or Schwag. It, it's beaut- it's it's beautiful because it's made you know the the flower is is CBD, but the the chemical is sprayed on the flower. So the, it's <laughs> if you buy Delta Eight flower, it's just CBD with the. Delta Eight distillate sprayed on it. It's not a special, chemically grown hemp plant with Delta only Delta Eight. It's it's a CBD plant with Delta Eight sprayed on it. Yeah, um, when I was first introduced to Delta Eight, it was whenever I was in that period where I talked about where I wasn't smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And a friend had a cart, and he was like, you want to try this? I said, no, at first. He said, why? I'm, I'm like, I don't like carts anymore. I don't, like, I don't want to hit anything because I don't want it to induce my panic attacks. Right. And he said, well, he explained it all to me. And then he was like, I got this at a vape store. And that's when I was like, you got it at a vape store? What do you mean? I guess it can't be like can't be too crazy if you got it to the vape store right and I, it, and I was kind of like i felt it but i was kind of wait like i was waiting for that paranoia to hit me mm-hmm. and it never did now yeah. granted i did use it every day for a while and then i i, I got a little bit paranoid sometime a couple times on it but that's everyday use like a yeah. lot like a lot just same if i smoke too much weed now i get paranoid but right that's it's just too much of anything is not good so exactly i think that's that's when delta eight is also i think perfect for people who uh want to try weed but kind of just want to it'd be like microdosing mushrooms or acid for somebody that wanted to trip 
Yeah. Well, this is what I intuited about it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's for getting weed into stores where it's illegal. That's yeah, all it, it is. It's that it's crazy to me. I go to because at first, it, like, it wasn't this big thing, and then it really blew up, and then now it's in like gas stations. And yeah. now people need to beware of the differences in quality. Yes, gas station Delta Eight and uh, those are the kind. Exactly, those are the kind that are made to give it a bad name and to you know to spread rumors of people dying from them. That's what the gas station ones are for. Well, gas station one—it's just cheap. It's just yeah, cheap quality cheap, and and mixed with some kind of chemical that's going to fuck with you if you use it enough. Because people, a lot of people don't know you can send your Delta Eight out to the lab and get it tested. Yeah. And, and that's why I like to buy from a source that already has it tested from third party. Well, sometimes you can't trust those sources. I learned that from YouTube, actually. Um, mm-hmm. A guy was saying about, I was I watched a couple of his videos because I was trying to see uh, the CB, CBD, CBN blend gummies. Right. I was trying to find a review on them, and I found a thing talking about the lab test, so I watched it, and he basically said that these are paid for lab results to be slapped on there so whenever he tested them themselves mm-hmm. what like a lot of them were just like either under the amount of cbd that it said or over and that was basically all it was and then of course if you find anything that's not delta eight or any of the terps in there then that's problematic, but yeah. I mean, they're. Well, what brand do you use? What Delta Eight brand do you promote? It, it can. It's Canna Clear. That's the source that I use. I, I don't have a problem telling everyone. You know, if they want to go to Canna Clear, be my guest. I I haven't even sold really any Delta Eight, and that's not what I'm relying on to make my money i'm actually trying to uh just get the message out there that if you use delta eight it can help you it can help you uh it 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 helps your brain plasticity it helps repair brain damage it helps your uh helps your anxiety it can cure hangovers tons of health benefits and it's natural I've never tried it for a hangover. Yeah, I, me neither. I don't even drink. Been been sober for years, but I I know that hangovers suck, and there's a lot of people that do drink, <laughs> and that's definitely a selling point. Yeah, I mean, now, do you mean that it just helps with, like, nausea from the hangover, or are you claiming that it just wipes away the whole hangover? Or just some effects of I, I'm not sure. I've, I read the article once or twice. I posted it on the website. Uh, I, I can't remember because I've done so much. Uh, let me pull it up. 
but yeah, it, um, what I've also found, and it's not only only I that have found it, the the psychic abilities that it helps you develop. It helps you tap into your psychic abilities. Now that's this is this is one where being open minded um, plays a factor because while I don't know if I'm on board with that, I still want to listen. Yeah. So sure. I I want you to explain what you mean by like uh, psychic abilities, like what how deep do these psychic abilities you believe that you or everyone has goes? Well, I believe we've, we're all born with it. Uh, women, it's stronger in. That's why it's called women's intuition. Um, they're, it's give, given to us by the powers that be, whatever you believe in. Uh, nothing, if, if that's what you believe in. Given to us by nothing. And... It's it, it. We can all tap into it. That's why I, I have the source within us. Source within us all. Um, truth from source. Uh, the source is within us. It's the the God inside of us. The Creator. The powers that be that that is inside of us. And so that's why a lot of people in their spiritual journey they haven't been artistic just like just like me i have never been artistic never tried because i always always uh just relinquished to the fact that i would never be better so i didn't try anymore but i mean with computer graphics and everything and and the, the work that I've been doing making these memes, it's just I keep getting better and it, it's building up building up my self-esteem with that aspect. I'm able to uh, start uh, doing actual art by hand and painting and, and drawing. But um, it, it's something else. Uh, Something to delve into on a different episode. Here's the uh, the hangover thing. Um, so it's saying let's see, Delta Eight can cure your hangover. It may. It says Delta Eight THC may be similar to marijuana in chemical structure, but is a far superior therapeutic cannabinoid. A single dose of Delta-8 THC can alleviate most hangover symptoms, including fatigue, weakness, headache, muscle aches, nausea, stomach pain, and anxiety. A few dabs of Delta-8 THC can induce a clear-headed high full of energy. Its high isn't like that of marijuana, which leaves you stoned and neither does it make you feel lazy. You, feel, you will feel a certain spark of energy that will eliminate the fatigue that comes with the hangover. Now, that's the spark that drives me. That is how my ambition is coming to fruition. The Delta 9, it 
took my ambition and squashed it underfoot. Delta 8, it takes my ambition and races it up. Delta 8 for me feels like a strong sativa without the mild head high that you get from a sativa. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't make you lazy. It doesn't make now, you like, I would argue that the gummies do. The gummies, like, yeah, I think that breaks down into your bloodstream the same way as Delta 9 does when eating. Because if you gave me a Delta 8 edible and you gave me a Delta 9 edible, I don't think I'd be able to distinguish the difference. Right. Yeah, that's it's the, the concentration. It's the amount too much. It's just too much, and you don't know until after it's too late. Yeah, I remember three of those, three of those Delta Eight gummies I ate, and I was, I was out there. I was, I was high as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> real life high. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's legal. It's crazy to me. Like it, I don't think I could do I thought about getting this free sample of Delta 8 gummies and trying them again, but I, I'm not ready for edibles. I ate, a, I ate a piece of an edible a couple months ago, and that wasn't... Uh, I used to eat edibles all the time. I used to... I'd eat like... <laughs> I'd make these brownies and I'd eat like one of them every day. I'd probably put about half ounce to an ounce in the batch and I'd eat like one of them every day on top of like a gram of dabs and like at least a half ounce of weed a day. And now like I could eat half a Delta 8 gummy and be completely gone. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, there is something in it, in that chemical. And the reason that they, they're able to isolate these chemicals is because the government finally lifted restrictions. They can study it without, without having to study the swag. They can actually study the good stuff. Because they've been locked into having to study the, the weed from the 70s since the 70s. Yeah. What was the what was the weed like? What was the best weed like when you were growing up? And what was the worst weed like when you were growing up? The best was mid mid grade. The best Once was I got mid in, now? <laughs> yeah, it it it, it was called it wasn't called mid-grade, but it cost $40 a quarter. And it tasted like some of the mid-grade that I've come across. But it was compressed because that's just the way they did it. They probably thought it made it way more. But And it probably came shipped in... Uh, no, compressed compression probably came because it was shipped in um, bales. That would yeah. make sense. Yep. 
from South America. Now what about the worst weed? Right. But but then California legalized it and it started spreading and we finally got what they called kind bud, which is medical marijuana. They called it kind bud here in North Carolina. And hell, that was early 2000s. So, so it was probably correlated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the best. $30, 30, $30 a dime. $30 a gram? A dime uh, for two grams. It was really good. And, you know, it, it was just the, it was just the medical grade cannabis that was being grown locally in colleges. That's exactly what it was. Do you have you tried any of the medical? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I got some when I was up in Pennsylvania. How different does that feel compared to the early two thousands medical grade? It uh, it feels even stronger, and and I got some space dust while I was up there. Jeez. That stuff is amazing and so pure. Yeah, so, uh, the, the dispo weed that I get is just, I always feel like it's such a clean high. Yeah. I feel like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting paranoid. I feel like I'm able to just relax and so from Yes, so from that rationale, the paranoia, the bad feelings probably come from shit that's sprayed on it. Yeah, PGR weed really, really scares me because I I remember I didn't have any dispo bud one day and I hit up a kid that I used to sell weed to mm -hmm. and this stuff was like it was mids, basically. It had like three seeds in it. I was like, whatever. Rolled up a blunt. Took like two hits off of it. And I was so... Like, it just didn't make sense that that got me that high. Right. And I was like trying to do push-ups to get it out of me. It just felt like such a dirty... Mm -hmm. Chemical... Chemical, rather. It felt like mm -hmm. a dirty chemical high you know where they're getting that from now these days through these people that are selling it through the mail on instagram yep the snapchat uh mm -hmm. snapchat plugs the... yeah that's the shit that you don't want and the the illegal states is what is forcing that shit on us Yep. You're not telling me nothing. Yeah. Is it, it, uh, it's dead. It I hope that our listeners. Yeah, it's illegal here. And I, I hope 
I hope this con- the way this conversation is going is going to open up our listeners' eyes a little bit to to how the government forces things on us that we don't want. But we're forced to have them because that's all we can get. Yeah, at that point I went if I couldn't get if I couldn't get this but I wouldn't even touch it. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. But before when I was addicted like crazy to just getting high all the time, smoking weed all the time, that's all I wanted to do because I was caught in that flow. Yeah, I would have, you know, bought anything as long as it got me high. I mean, any 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 kind of weed, whatever, wherever it came from, because I didn't know where it came from in the first place because I live in North Carolina where it's legal. Well, for enter- entertainment purposes only, I sold a lot of weed. So I usually just, uh, I just smoked out of, I would get personal bud for mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and then just I'd pick whatever I wanted to sell basically yeah and for myself was always disco blood and now it's a lot harder to adjust to not having that those that amount of weed coming in that like I'm now smoking like a cut every two weeks uh, an eighth every two weeks for for the past two months or so that's mm-hmm. that's how I, that's the pace i've been going at and mm-hmm. before it was like an eighth would go in one of my backwoods right so it's, it's that it's tolerance crazy. yeah that year really really showed me how much i was smoking mm-hmm. it does and if we're not careful, we get caught up in that flow more and more. You know, it comes from the American mindset. Bigger is better. More is always the best. Yeah. But uh, more and more people are waking up to the truth, and I love it. Uh, unbeaten pathway is going to cut through the bullshit. We're going to bring light to all these dark places and we're going to shine it, shine it brightly. And if people don't want to see it, they can turn away, but it's still going to be in the light. Regardless. Cameron, it has been a pleasure having you on today. We've, we've delved into a lot. We've touched on a lot and uh, I, I can't wait to have you back. Really, honestly, this is, Opened a lot of people's eyes, the spiritual and the not, and uh, the good from the bad. And uh, I, I, I hope you will do the honor of coming back very, very soon. I for sure will. And this is a, this episode was just a perfect example of coexisting. Exactly, co-creating. Coexisting, we can all get along, even though we're different. We can let those differences shine, and we can still get along, even though we may not agree on every every subject. And I think uh, maybe next time we can talk about 
more about that episode that led to us needing to figure that out. Yes, sir. Until then. Until then, Cameron. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Stay rise above it. Stay above it.